Welcome to the third season of That's So Second Millennium, the Catholic science podcast where we explore the fascinating borderlands between science and theology through realms of philosophy, human experience, and more. Welcome to episode 99. I'm Bill Schmidt, half of the co-hosting team for That's So Second Millennium. You're used to my podcast partner, Dr. Paul Giesting, welcoming you at this point. But today, I'm filling in for him. It's my pleasure to wish you all a wonderful Easter season. Blessings and thanks to Paul and to our producer, Morgan, and to every listener who's interested in deeper relationships with the Lord, with help from a deeper relationship between religion and science, faith and reason. Today, you'll hear from Tim Short. He's the Director of Formation in the Indiana region for the Secular Franciscan Order. Tim and I are both lifetime professed members of the Order, which was literally the third order of followers founded by St. Francis of Assisi. We're an international family of lay people, canonically approved. We value people like Tim because we all live in that workaday world and urgently need what we call ongoing formation. When we come together regularly in our local fraternities around the country, we crave help in integrating our daily secular experiences with the rule of life that Francis wrote for us, with the Gospels, which Francis made the centerpiece of our effort to walk in the footsteps of Christ, and with early writings describing the Franciscan charisms, such as ongoing conversion, poverty, simplicity, and humility. Tim recently spearheaded the startup of a new website for Secular Franciscan Ongoing Formation, found at ofsongoing.com. I recently interviewed him for his overview of where Secular Franciscans can go from here in relationships to each other and this divided world. These days, to paraphrase a song, we need a little Francis. I'll share some interview segments that connect directly to this podcast's focus, including the link between science and religion. So here's my conversation with Timothy Short, OFS. In what sense do you think that uh, the world out there needs more of St. Francis now, and uh, needs more Franciscan approaches to the challenges that we're facing. Yeah, one of the things that that at least I feel, and I think a lot of people share this feeling with me, is that the world is is a place that needs more peace in it. So much of the conversation that's happening in the world today is is antagonistic, and I think a lot of the people who are commentators in the world today deliberately seek out conflict because they feel like conflict generates energy and interest in what they're doing. So they they see conflict as the foremost thing in terms of how they approach everything. And as Franciscans, to a large extent, we're kind of the opposite of that. We're people who who, think, who seek peace and, you know, community and brotherhood and fraternity and all those kinds of words. And right. to me, the world is just so often not a very friendly place when I listen to a lot of the, you know, the the big picture commentary that happens on major media outlets and those kinds of things. And I think that people would really enjoy the opportunity to talk in in a peaceful and more respectful 
format to, you know, that's one of the things about fraternity is that, is that when you go to that place, it's not a place of conflict. It's a place where you can share ideas without having to worry about being judged and without having to have your first response be to somehow put the other person down because you feel like your views have to dominate. Our views don't have to dominate. We just need to be consistent in saying them and, and they'll have effect as they have effect, you know, and that's, that's kind of how, how um, we do things. You're reminding me that uh, more than ever recently, when I sign a, when I close a, a, an email or uh, any kind of communication with the familiar Franciscan phrase, uh, peace and everything good, or peace and every good thing be good uh, be, be to you, um, I, uh, I realize that uh, also often the world is, is uh, saying quite the opposite. The popular culture is saying quite the opposite. It's kind of like uh, uh, violence and every bad thing be to you. Uh, uh, you know, a dear listener or, or viewer of uh, media or, uh, you know, a participant in our polarized politics, uh, we really need to be voices saying something different. Yeah, when Francis would go out into the world and he would preach, he would often start his presentation by by blessing folks by saying, may the peace of the Lord be with you. Right. Can you imagine anybody in our world today in the context of our typical conversations today, starting a conversation like that? Right. Half the time, if you mention the Lord in public, right, it it brings condemnation down on you. So, yeah. So for everybody who's listening, may the peace of the Lord be with you. That would be, you know, the message that I'd like to, to, to be able to say. Amen. Yeah. You would think that that would attract people to a, to a website, to any kind of online message. Uh, where does Franciscanism stand in one particular, uh, um, I won't say uh, uh, battle, that sounds too violent, but one uh, you know, kind of challenging conflict that we have in our culture now is um, the, uh, contra- the uh, uh, perceived contradictions between science and religion and between uh, secularism, uh, as you were just referring to, between secularism and and faith, uh, they, they they seem to be more strongly opposed than ever. Does Saint Francis say anything about uh, uh, about science uh, or about that kind of um, uh, experience based rather than um, faith based? In other words, uh, everything has to be provable in the world of science. And we're even seeing a lot of young people fall away from the faith because they're thinking that, well, the only credible, um, useful kind of knowledge is uh, either scientific or, uh, you know, what I can uh, see or experience with my five senses. I don't think Francis was like that. Well, I think the first thing that you have to remember about Francis is that he predates the scientific revolution by some 350 years or so. I have my math correctly. So, Uh you know, so that, that whole, that you wouldn't find much in his writings, et cetera, about him discussing science because it just wasn't uh, a topic that was far enough along at his time to, for, for it to have drawn his attention. That said, the thing that we have to remember about Francis is that um, creation was eminently important to him, right? He viewed um, creation as an expression of the creator. So everywhere that you look in creation, 
you find aspects and you find revelations about the nature of the creator of God. So the idea that, that, you know, um, science is, is essentially an investigation of creation would be something that I think Francis would be entirely on board with, but he would understand that as that every new thing that we discover through science has as part of the discovery, something to say about the nature of the creator. So I think mm. that Francis would be enthused about science. I think he would see it as an avenue to um, to further explore the nature of creation and therefore to, to learn more about the creator himself. But I think he would also at the same time understand that there is a an aspect of mystery that goes um, kind of beyond. And that actually that aspect of mystery is kind of what drives us, right? So we're science is an effort in discovery. So yeah. We have to have imagination in order to make new discoveries in science, and that imagination is tied directly to mystery. So all of those things to me would seem to work together, that, you know, that mystery and imagination and science, they're all about discovering the nature of creation. Discovering the nature of creation is all about discovering the nature of the creator. It's about getting to know God better. It, it, it fits together, right? Everything's connected there. I like that. Uh, and by the way, one of the uh, one of the real substantial resources now uh, on the the website is uh, uh, a, 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 a very uh, important and kind of uh, intricate, but yet very accessible uh, condensation uh, of the uh, Gospel of John. Would you would you like to talk for, uh, talk about that for a moment, especially in connection with, you know, why that might be of interest to uh, fraternities and to the general public today? Yeah. So when I was the um, formation director for our local fraternity, um, basically one of the things that I was really um, interested in for myself was to um, was to further my understanding of the of the article in our rule that basically says that we're to go from gospel to life and life to gospel. So for my own personal purposes, I decided I was going to investigate the gospel of John, and I basically took the fraternity on that journey with me. So, you know, for an extended period of time, once a month, as we did ongoing formation, we would, we would concentrate on a single gospel um, chapter in John. And I did a little reflection and shared that with everybody. And I, to me, I, in, in terms of how it relates to the big picture of ongoing formation, as I did those reflections, I kind of concentrated on the gospel and the rule and the Franciscan sources and trying to tie those three things together. And I think that, you know, that to me is the essence of what our ongoing formation process is about. It's about investigating the life of Francis through those early sources and then somehow figuring out how to tie the gospel and that life together. And then, and then, then where does the rule fit into all of that? So in terms of Franciscans themselves, I think those three elements, if, if they were to, to take that journey through John, that we're going to go ahead and publish in its entirety on the website, um, that, that they would, they would hopefully learn something about how to do that. And there's also comments about prayer and Lectio Divina and those kinds of things. Uh, in those reflections, so it would it also would contribute to prayer life and those kinds of things. And of course, you know, as we've been talking in bigger terms, the entire world, anybody who visits the website can benefit from immersing themselves in the Gospels. That's one of the things that Franciscanism has to say, that the more we're immersed in the Gospels, the tighter um, our relationship with Jesus becomes. 
the better people we become as individuals and the better um, the world will become as the kingdom is brought into it, you know, via our our individual relationships with Jesus. So, yeah, I think that that, that journey is a, is a basis to, for everybody to learn more about Jesus, more about how to immerse themselves in the Gospels, more about how to take that to an, a deeper level in terms of meditation and prayer, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it's just a matter in the end about self-improvement and about, um, you know, about conversion through ongoing formation. Today's problems of social distancing and social polarization occur to me as other issues. The uh, social distancing message of uh, uh, Franciscanism is namely that, uh, uh, you know, obviously uh, scientific needs and medical needs are, are, are quite a separate thing and certainly a valid thing. But uh, Francis was not a social distancer. Uh, and uh, one of one of our rules, key points, is also about uh, gathering in uh, fraternity all, all the time, and really seeing the community as um, uh, as 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 as, a, as a, the, one of the uh, avenues through which the spirit speaks, right? And then social polarization, uh, we so that's so often caused by us kind of rejecting the diversity. Uh, the incredible uniqueness of each individual human being that that God gave us as a as a gift, and that too, uh, Francis uh, seems to be speaking very much against our tendency towards social polarization. Uh, uh, would those also be messages that fraternities and and everybody seeing the website uh, could take to heart? Yeah. So on the very front page of the website, in the title block, is basically the words that we used. When we made our own professions, it's it's the words of the of the um, of the promise that we made that we would live uh, out for the rest of our lives. And the last sentence of that word of that um, profession language specifically talks about the fraternal bonds of community always being my help, so that I might reach the goal of perfect Christian love. So Franciscanism, in its in its basic nature, is based on fraternal bonds of community about the about interacting with one another because as human beings we we have to have community we can't do everything ourselves and when we when we wind up in isolation we wind up in a not very good place so we always need the support of brothers and sisters and we get that within the fraternity but that's a, of course a message that goes into the larger world as well the better community relationships that we build the better our world will be and the healthier I will be for participating in those um, community relationships. Well, so Franciscanism, I think there, there's a challenge in terms of social distancing. And that's one of the reasons of the website is to hopefully bridge some of those challenges in the short term by giving a, people a place that they, they can go to and still feel that community bond. You know, every blog post allows for comments at the end so people can, you know, even see what other people are saying. Um, they can make their own comments. They can come back and revisit, and you know it's possible for discussion to develop. I think that's one of the biggest challenges to to figure out how to encourage those discussions to take place. But yeah, right. um, social polarization is in opposition to the basic charism of Franciscanism. And over time, indeed, uh, the website uh, and the whole ongoing formation approach here is uh, welcoming other people to. Uh, not only be responding to the contributions that are already posted, but to, uh, over time, be making their own 
contributions based on the experiences that life and the spirit are giving them, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. So there's a button right on the front page that says be a new contributor. So if if you have um, things that you'd like to share, we, we'd be more than, than happy to uh, review those and post those. And, and yeah, the, so the whole idea about the website is to, um, one, provide resources related to ongoing um, formation and two, to, to, to hopefully open up avenues for more voices to be heard so that, um, so that the, France, the, the basic message of Franciscanism can be spread better and better through the world. Amen. Thy Amen. kingdom come. Thank you very much. Yeah, hey, I appreciate talking with you, Tim. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's So Second Millennium. TSSM's audio producer is Morgan Burkhardt. Our theme music, Igneous Grok, was composed and performed by Vin Marquardt. For my co-host, Bill Schmidt, I'm Paul Geesting. Until next time.